0: Now that we're getting back on the road, the stops we make seem more special than before. Stop to see a friend. Stop at your favorite store. Stop at the places you missed most. And to keep you going between those stops, there's Shell. Stopping to fill up with our best fuel ever. Save with the Fuel Rewards program. And to get snacks and essentials that can save you even more at the pump. That's just a few of the ways Shell helps you make the most of the stop you need to make. See full terms and conditions at FuelRewards.com. Welcome in to Sport & Order, America's number one debate show on the internet, hosted by me, that's right, yours truly, Mark Carman. We do cover the hottest topics with the best debate, we've got an elite scoring system. And look at these candidates today, movers and shakers, straight out of Kansas City. We're going to introduce you first, Bob Fesco, the home of Patrick Mahomes, the 2000. 15 World Series Champion, Kansas City Royals. Don't forget KU Basketball and the host of Fesco in the morning, 610 Sports Radio. Bob Fesco, good to see you, my friend. Well, it's good to see you, Mark, at two championships in five years, and we didn't have to cheat for either one of them, so it's really good. Hey now. I didn't do anything.
1: <laughs>
0: and from the East Coast. Straight out of the Bronx, the man who could get you around the New York City transit system with his eyes closed. You can do that with Chicago and everywhere else because he's traveling the world now. He grew up rooting for the Mets and Daryl Strawberry, and now he's the radio play-by-play voice. So those 2017 World Series champion, Houston Astros. Robert Ford, welcome. Good to be here. Good to be here. And feel free just to you know point out that every championship counts because I, I mean I think that's how it works in the sports world here. I'm kind of
1: disappointed I didn't wear my ring actually, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there.
2: You should
0: have it. You should have gone like this the whole time. Every time you
2: talk, you got to have that ring on, Robert. Come on.
0: <laughs> Eleven topics today, gentlemen. Thirty seconds you get to go each. We're going to let Bob go first here for no real reason here, but that's just we're going to be we're going to be nice to Bob. I think Robert, you probably want to sit there in the two hole. And, uh, and get after it. And I will be doing the scoring here. You can get unlimited points on any question here, so you are never technically out of sport and order. And Fesco, here we go. We're starting with you with question one, and this is the topic of the day. Fourteen players and coaches from the Miami Marlins have tested positive for the COVID-19 virus. I'm open hearing all plans here. What is the best way for baseball to move forward with the Marlins situation? Well,
2: I've actually got a six-point plan that I came up with after this happened because I think for so many years, we've allowed baseball players to be coddled, and now it is time to kind of hold guys accountable. Number one, masks are a must for everybody in the ballpark. Whether you're on the field, in the clubhouse, you've got to wear a mask. Number two, we're immediately moving to a robot umpire. Balls and strikes will be called by a robot when a runner gets on base, there will be an umpire in the stands that will then move and squat kind of behind the camera well and sit there until he's needed at home plate. There will now be spacing in dugouts. We will move players to the stands, and each, each seat will have a number on it. That's where that player will sit, properly spaced from everybody else. The only people who will be allowed in the dugout are the coaches. They will stand on X's with their names on it, and the player in the hole will be in the dugout, the player on deck and the player at bat. We'll have mandatory lockdowns at hotels with guards at the team uh, hotel floors, at the elevator, and at the fire exits. We'll no longer allow high-fiving, and we'll have (laughs)
0: daily testing for everyone okay that was like three minutes but i'm giving you like an incredible start here fesco because you literally wrote that out and that was amazing and now we've got sign seats with numbers i feel like i'm in kindergarten uh robert ford well, hey look if it calls
2: for it you got to do it in the baseball players i mean and athletes, you sometimes you gotta you, you gotta go back to the basics you know and sometimes for all of us we got to go back to the basics
0: hey I, i'm for an aggressive planner 30 seconds on the clock robert ford what do you say First of all, this is not basketball, Bob. No
1: overtime. Anyway, I think the sport really should shut down at this point. I understand that they postponed two games. They postponed the Phillies game. They postponed the Marlins game. They're supposed to play their home opener today against Baltimore and Miami. But I don't think that's enough because that virus can be in you for five days before you test positive. So I don't think it's enough to just postpone the games today and maybe they postpone games tomorrow. I think that they need to shut the sport down. You know, in Korea, they were talking about if there was something like this, they'd shut down for two weeks. I think baseball should do the same thing.
0: Okay, that was uh, you know, for a guy who's working in baseball and absolutely doesn't want to see any of this happen. Which, by the way, all of us in sports media agree: the last thing we want to do is shut down baseball or football or basketball. Absolutely. Anybody who's putting that out on social media, you're a complete idiot. We we are we are dependent on the sport. But I, that's a I, I love it, Robert. Because look, I mean, this is we're trying to get through the season, and if we got to eat five games right now. That's what you got to do. And that really does seem like what they have to do. Uh, It obviously doesn't seem like they're going to do it. Um, here, How did he we, get you, six points? I had six bullet points, and he only had one idea. How did he, he
2: get six points? Uh, but that was, I, I, did I, it, I did it in the, a lot of
0: time, Bob. Okay. And, and, and you do not get to complain about my scoring system. My scoring system is my elite scoring system, which I've honed uh, in, in four episodes of Sport and Order. Uh, which, all right, question two, same line of thinking here. So you, got, you can expound upon this, Bob, and, and it, I hope you have more bullet points. But Rob's going first here. So baseball players, we've seen them spitting and high-fiving and talking to each other on the mound. They weren't supposed to be doing this. It looks exactly like it always looks out there for the most part. Should Major League Baseball employ a social distance umpire that monitors all the games and then actually imposes consequences for breaking the COVID rules? Robert, what do you think?
1: I think there needs to be something done, whether it's a social distancing umpire or a lot of times the way rules violations notice, whether it's uniform violations in Major League Baseball or whatever. It's people watching the games back at the league office. And then they'll send notices of fines. I think they should do something similar for that with the guys maybe excessively spitting and, and not wearing masks because I think if there are no consequences, guys are going to keep doing it. I must say, though, I do appreciate Astros pitching coach Brent Strom going out the mound with a mask and still putting his hand over his mouth when talking to the pitcher.
0: <laughs> uh, extra point for the visual right there. That's awesome.
2: Bob, what do you say? Well, I, I agree. I think Major League Baseball needs to do a better job of monitoring this. I, I feel like Major League Baseball has always let the players, you know, kind of, you know, run run the roost. And, and I think right now they allow the players to have a lot of freedoms, and clearly through the first weekend it has not worked. So I would definitely implore a social distancing umpire, but also I would also have somebody who is making sure that when they go out to the mound for all these years, Robert, and I was going to talk about this too, you see coaches always going up to the, the to their mouth and covering their mouth. Now we're seeing guys with masks where that's already taken care of, and they're pulling down their mask, and they're talking outside of their mask. For all these years, they were going like that. They actually have the protection on their face. They need to leave it there for everybody to to, to know that they are practicing the social distancing measures.
0: So this is super interesting, Bob. You get one more point for just pointing that the whole part out. It, you could be socially distanced with the mask on, and there's nobody in the park and and talk softly, and that probably doesn't go – to back to the batter's box, but maybe batters should go all the way to the back while the while the pitcher while they go out there. That'd be one way to do it, right? Maybe Does back that make to the sense?
2: undeck circle or somewhere. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I, yeah, I that might not be that, a bad idea. At, at this point in time, I think we're, we we need to try everything because, like you said, Carm, nobody wants sports to be over. Nobody's trying to you know end sports, but we want to do it the right way, so we're not stopping and starting and stopping and starting. And sometimes harsh rules help make things move forward.
0: Right, and it's just kind of a solid message, I think, just out there. Like, look at the way we're going about this. We're taking it seriously. Let's go question three here, team. Bob Fesco's up here. Uh, we're going into Robert Ford division and Shohei Otani, who did not record an out, is returned to the mound from Tommy John surgery. He got as many outs as I would have gotten if I had faced six batters. Three walks, three singles. I probably would have given up six runs. He only gave up five. The question is here, should the Angels protect the player from himself and take pitching away from his job duties as we actually talk about something on the field? Bob, go ahead. Are you talking this just this year or are you talking forever? Uh, well, that's a good question. Good qualifier. I, I'm saying, uh, I'm saying forever, Bob. I'm going forever. forever. No, I, I don't think you do
2: that based on one start, especially a start in a pandemic season. I look. I don't think you can judge anything this year—records or you know, uh, approach to the game or how you're playing or how you're performing in this pandemic shortened season. Everything's going to be all over the board. I think if the season were to end today, which it could, you know, Brady Singer is your rookie of the year. You've already got your Cy Young Award winner in Bieber and Nelson. Cruz is your MVP and the Atlanta Braves win the division because they have the best run differential right now so anything is out there anything is available I can't sit there and say Shohei Ohtani is done pitching because he had one really really bad outing in a pandemic shortened season I'm going to continue to give him the baseball
0: Robert you've seen this guy up close many times that uh, power looks real I mean you're almost feels like you're risking the player by doing this what do you think
1: well, I think you don't want to overreact to one start anyway, with a, especially with a player of Otani's ability. But I also think you have to keep in mind sometimes it can take you know a year, two years to fully recover from Tommy John surgery. So I think that's the other part to to remember here. And then you throw in just the wacky circumstances of this season and having spring training and then stopping and then restarting again with summer camp, which was ab- abbreviated spring training basically. I don't think that you can overreact over one start. You're obviously going to monitor his health pretty closely, but yeah, I think it would be foolish to just take away pitching from Otani after one outing.
0: Yeah. Well, we shall see what the angels do here. My main man, Joe Madden, you got a, you got a question on your end? Although I think they'll probably at least run him out there for one more time, but uh, he might, I think he's, is he in the lineup tonight, Robert? Is that true?
1: No, not the day after he pitches. He's not in the lineup. He'll be in the lineup tomorrow.
0: I was reading something that they were considering even putting him in there because he didn't, you know he only faced six batters, but all right, let's let's move off baseball. Don't want to stress these guys out, man. <laughs> God forbid somebody hits after they pitch the next day. Uh, all right, we're going to the NBA here, team, and and don't worry, Robert, Ford. we'll get your Knicks in there in a second. But we're starting with the uh, with the Clippers here, and uh, NBA guard Lou Williams. He was photographed, and he did admit to spending a short amount of time—the old short amount of time—at the Magic City Strip Club in Atlanta. Uh, William says he was just there to pick up dinner. And By the way, I have done research on this, and I think he actually might be telling the truth. The, the food there is supposed to be great. There's a pork chop with two sides for 30 bucks. So I, I almost <laughs> I, I almost believe Lou Williams here. But hey, regardless – I was living in
2: St. Louis. People I've heard used to go across the river to East St. Louis to the strip clubs for meals all the time. I was always <laughs> told they
0: had wonderful food. So maybe that's the case. But either way, we can't be having this. So Williams is going to quarantine for 10 days – question is, is that enough of a punishment for Lou or should his season be over for picking up dinner at Magic City when he damn well knew he shouldn't be doing that? Robert,
1: first of all, who goes to a strip club for takeout? I don't understand that. I mean, this isn't Wendy's. This isn't Applebee's. The strip club. First of all, you should know that you're going to be spotted there. All right. So that, that's the first thing. And that's just such a lame excuse. Nobody's going to believe that you simply went to a strip club just to pick up dinner. That you, you know, you didn't, you didn't partake in anything else. He said he had no business being there. I don't know that you get rid of him for the season, but obviously he needs to be quarantined. And I mean, he just put a bunch of people in jeopardy just so he could get takeout from Magic City. That seems pretty foolish to me.
0: <laughs> I, I love, I love the concept of takeout from the strip club. Who even knew that was a thing, <laughs> Bob Fesco? What do you got? Well, I think
2: he should be he should be done for the year. And, and when Rudy Gobert was touching all the microphones back in March, I made the comment that I thought he should have been kicked out of the NBA as well because what you're doing there is you're mocking a pandemic. You're mocking a, a virus that at that time nobody knew about. And I don't know what you guys felt about it. When Gobert was up there touching the microphones, I think a lot of us believe that this 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 virus could potentially be a death sentence for people. We didn't know the severity of the thing at the time, and so when he was doing that, the next day I was on the air saying, "Yeah, he he should be done. He should be kicked out of the NBA, and so should Lou Williams, because you you've got a situation where the bubble is working, man. Like nobody's testing positive. The games are getting played. The players feel comfortable. And this guy went on, you know, bereavement leave and ends up at a strip club. That shows he's not putting the proper." Uh, he's not you know, ranking in, in order the, the proper way of what's important in life. And right now, making sure that you're available and doing the right thing so you're there for your teammates and also not contaminating others, I, I think he has to be done for the season.
1: Remember, so, everybody grieves differently, okay?
2: <laughs> yes, that, that is very true. <laughs> yes.
0: Four questions in. Robert Ford, 19. Bob Fesco, 18. This is a battle royale. And... I think you're a little over the top on Rudy, and 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 because I didn't think we well he, sh- he should have known, uh, but he did. not Lou is another whole thing. You're like, look, all these guys are sitting here in quarantine. You're gonna, you think that you're the guy that's gonna go out to Magic City? Come on, Lou. I mean, I would have. If it, I, I think you got to send a message to everybody in there, like, look, you can take now. And by the way, I like to see Lou Williams in the playoffs, Clippers over the Lakers. That'd be sweet. All right, question five, um, Robert. You are second. Bob, you're up here. Uh, this is a question about the Knicks, and I'm really looking forward to this answer. I'm thinking about David Fisdale. I'm thinking about Jeff Hornacek, Der- Derek Fisher, Mike D'Antoni. All these guys gave it their best with the Knicks, uh, and now it's Tom Thibodeau's turn. But the question is, is Tibbs going to the next to be buried in the, in the Knicks' coaching graveyard, or will Tibbs kind of maybe somehow lead the Knicks back to prominence in a couple of years? Bob, what do you think? Well, I got another qualifier. Did Dolan sell the team? Because if Dolan hasn't sold the team, it doesn't
2: matter who's coaching that basketball team. They are not going to be winners. I mean, when you have an organization that is that dysfunctional, it goes back to the owner. And and we have seen how dysfunctional this gentleman has been since he's been running the New York Knicks. They've not had success. Not like when we were kids growing up, Robert, man, and it was awesome to be a Knicks fan, right? It was great to be a Knicks fan. And now you've got Dolan just absolutely running the team into the ground. And so you know they can't get past the ownership. And until they change owners or until Dolan steps aside and allows somebody else to run that ball club and he's done the, with day-to-day involvement, I don't think you can ever turn that franchise around. You're only as strong and as good as your owner allows you to be, and that owner doesn't allow his team to be good.
0: It, it does start at the top, a fair point by Bob. What do you say, Robert?
1: Well, First of all, Bob's from New Jersey. I'm surprised he wasn't a Nets fan at that time. But anyhow, <laughs> I, know. I agree with Bob. As long as James Dolan is the owner, that's that, I mean, that's the problem. I mean, you talk about all the guys who've come through, particularly Mike D'Antoni, who's had success everywhere else he's been except New York, uh, at least for an extended period. I think that tells you all you need to know. Now, if James Dolan's willing to step back, let team president Leon Rose, let Tom Thibodeau coach the team, let them do their jobs, then they have a chance. But history suggests that he's not going to do that. Last guy I did that for was Isaiah Thomas. We know how that turned out.
0: Yeah, I was looking at that record. That wasn't pretty too, but I left him out of there because I felt like Isaiah was his own little corner that didn't need to be addressed but it's true Isaiah was absolutely miserable in New York as well and in the uh, uh, stuff off the court okay we don't need to get into Isaiah Thomas we're going back to baseball and Robert you're up here as we talk about your ball club a little bit at least you got Justin Verlander who's going to be out for a while it's being called a forearm strain that's sometimes a precursor to elbow problems Tommy John surgery we hope that's not the case 37 years old Corey Kluber left after one inning, tightness in his back right shoulder, the word out today that he's going to miss probably the entire season. Ken Giles, Blue Jays closer, elbow problems, White Sox starter Ronaldo Lopez out with shoulder tightness. Is this coincidence because pitchers do get hurt all the time, or has MLB rushed its players back to the field in the middle of a pandemic with potential disastrous long-term injury risk? Robert, what do you think?
1: I don't know how much of those specific injuries are coincidence or a result of the shortened uh, summer camp, but I think it it doesn't help. And I don't think it's just the fact that you only had a three-week ramp up to start the season. I think it's also the fact that these guys got going, got heated up, started to get ready for the season, then got shut down because of the pandemic back in March. So I think that's the other part of it as well. And I think you're going to continue. if they're still able to play, you're going to continue to see injuries like this and other injuries that may not have happened had there been a full spring training and uh, a more typical traditional ramp up to the season.
2: Bob, where are you going? Well, you, you know, Robert, you, you've been around the great game of baseball for a long time, and that's why you've got every baseball excuse nailed right there. You know, the, the, <laughs> these guys have been off since March 13th. There was 134 days in between, you know, the legacy sports from the time it ended to the time baseball got going again on Friday. And I look, Tommy John is one thing. Your elbow is going to go. Your elbow's going to go. Stuff like that. But if these are injuries due to lack of, uh, you know, lack of production and not getting ready, What were you doing for 134 days? Like, you're an athlete. Your body's your job. You need to come back, and you need to come back ready to go. And the thing is, we never knew when we were going to get back to going. They could have gotten a call in May. They could have gotten a call in April. They could have gotten a call in, you know, early June. Hey, it's time to go. It's time to get back to baseball. Were you sitting around eating bonbons, drinking light beer? Or were you actually getting ready for a season that you knew at some point, most likely, was going to happen? And so if these guys are getting hurt because they didn't put in the work during the shutdown... That's on them. I've tried to maintain my weight as much as possible during this thing. I
0: and mean, light
1: beer does have fewer calories. So I mean, does, I'll give you better that. Better
2: taste too.
0: 20, <laughs> I will give you that. Twenty-five apiece here. As you needed to
1: points because Bob said that light beer has
0: better taste. But that's what the commercial told me. <laughs> oh,
1: the commercial. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay, oh, the Bob. Commercial. Yeah. Uh huh. Tastes great. <laughs> less filling. We we see you. You twenty-five apiece here. Five questions to go show's running long today because Fesco's giving two-minute answers, but I'm enjoying it, so I appreciate everybody (laughs) checking it out here. That's what the editing room's for. There you go. We are live, baby. We're we're cooking. Question seven. Uh, Okay, so stadiums are pumping crowd noise into uh, the home ballparks here to make it feel like it's a real game. I'm wondering if road teams should get the same road treatment and actually hear the boos that would come at the standard players that get them and also two teams that we're going to get them, like the one that Robert Ford is doing radio for. Besco, do you want the booze pumped in here, or should we leave that at home? You know what? Why not pump in the booze? What What's the big deal if you do, right? The, the guys are going to hear it anyway.
2: The Astros were going to hear it anyway a lot this year, no matter where they went. I think you might as well. You know, let, Let's bring the full ballpark experience to all of the fans that can't be there to boo and, and to let you know the fans know, hey, your home team has got your back when it comes to this kind of stuff. So I think you absolutely should pump in the booze. I think you should pump in every natural sound that you think was going to be uttered at a baseball game this year. And I think so far, just from the... You know, from the crowd noises, and and I don't know how you feel about calling the games, but just listening to the games on the radio or television, I think it's been awesome with the crowd
0: noise. I've loved it. Robert, you're in the middle of this. What do you think? Well, I think
1: that it's one of the... The reason that the crowd noise is even there is really to prevent, first of all, from the players in the dugouts, coaches in the dugouts, from hearing what the broadcasters are saying. So I think that's the first thing you need to keep in mind, is to make it a little harder for, for them to be able to hear me say, you know, hey, George Springer is over for his last 10 or something like that. Uh, so that's part of it. So you have to think about the reason that the crowd noise is there. So I don't think really having the booze serve any purpose. And also, if it's piped-in booze, that doesn't have the same effect. Why even waste your time? A piped-in boo is going to bother somebody? Come on.
2: Somebody really has a high opinion of themselves, thinking they have the crowd noise, so they can't hear the announcer say George Springer's is for his
1: last 10. I mean, that's what I was told, and he's not, by the way. Just for the record,
0: <laughs> I I do think though that if I'm a player and they and the crowd starts or the dude in the in the press box hits the boo bud when I go up there, I think that would really bother me. Like, oh yeah, because there's pull- nobody there, and I'm still getting booed. Like, what like the heck? I, I would look up there like who <laughs> who the hell are you to be booing me there? Stadium maintenance guy who gets gets to work in a pandemic? Yeah. <laughs> All right, question eight. We're going back to football, and I'm assuming the NFL is paying attention to what's going on here with baseball and the NBA so far, and the NHL had no positive tests today, which was awesome to see. What can football learn from what we're seeing in baseball and the NBA and all sports right now? Is there a path to an NFL season? What, What do you think, Robert? I think it's going to be
1: really tough, and it's not just about sports. I think it's also about the fact that, look, we don't have this under control in this country. I mean, this is so much bigger than baseball or football or basketball, and I think that's the bigger problem. And as long as things continue to look the way they do now and the fact that the curve is not flattened, and then you throw on the fact there are a lot more athletes in football, if you can't socially distance in football. That's not even a thing, and they're not going to be in a bubble. It would be impossible to put all those teams in a bubble. I think it's going to be pretty hard for the NFL to resume the way we're used to seeing it.
0: Yep. It's It certainly is. Rob, Bob, do you think they're learning anything here? Can they learn anything? Yeah, I, I think they're learning a lot. And, and I think the Chiefs have been kind of on the
2: forefront of that here in Kansas City about what they're doing. I know when when they go to the, uh, the stadium now, there is basically a medical center set up outside the stadium. When they pull into the parking lot, they immediately go to the medical center. They get swabbed. They get their temperature taken. They answer questions. They ask questions. If everything's all clear, they go down to the practice facility. They get a, a, a monitoring bracelet that tells everybody where they've been, who they've come in contact with. With throughout the day inside that facility, so I already think that the NFL is further ahead than where Major League Baseball is because Major League Baseball is not testing everybody every day.
0: Oh, that's a, I think an underlining of where baseball has not picked things up here because it this clearly was a little bit slow here in getting the testing back, and they should have been further down the line. I don't know if the NFL is though, it but but they are getting the benefit of time. Twenty nine apiece here, team. As we move to our final three questions, I'm getting nervous here. This is a thriller, uh, and my internet connection is unstable, so that's not good, but hopefully we'll be okay here, team. All right, question nine. Mike Ditka, my guide, the coach, 85 Bears, one of the greatest moments of my childhood. He's now saying that he wants anthem protesters to get the, quote, hell out of the country. Good old Iron Mike. Ditka says he is old-fashioned, that he's only going to say what I feel. He, he, of course, by the way, if you're not following Mike's career, he's the new chairman and owner of the women's football X league. And I'm wondering, should the women of the X league sit iron Mike down and give him a talking to what do you think, Bob? Well, I think it would be great for for, for those gals to sit
2: Mike down and tell him, you know, exactly why folks are taking a knee and what it's all about. Because I still think there's still a lot of confusion in this country that if you take a knee for the national anthem, you're protesting the military or you're protesting, you know, the United States of America. and, And that's not it at all. The Constitution allows for you know, peaceful demonstration if you're against something. And so that's what's been going on with the kneeling before the national anthem. It's been very peaceful. It hasn't really affected anybody. And and I think right now, I think Mike Dickin needs to be told by the league that he's getting involved in that. We're not taking a knee to protest the military or anything like that. We're protesting to make sure that everybody in this country has equal rights. Bob, good
0: answer. Rob, what do you think?
1: Well, first of all, I didn't even know there was a woman's ex-football league. So thanks for Mike Ditka's ignorant comments for bringing that to my attention. So he's actually done the league a favor with his his idiotic commentary. But yeah, I mean, yeah, somebody needs to try to explain to him why this is all going on. uh, Because obviously there are going to be players in that league who understand what's happening and understand why this is going on. And I think you need to, like Bob said, understand this isn't about the military or protesting that and also the fact that you have a right to peacefully protest and that's what we've seen athletes do throughout sports
0: all right down to the final two questions iron mike i, I really that would be amazing by the way if there's some conversation that gets put out there and, and iron mike apologized and he learned from their new the new quarterback in the women's football League. which <laughs> by the way that sweet that dick is doing that and I, I i hey if you want to step in and play some football that's awesome all right Uh, Robert, you're up here. And this was interesting. A tweet from the NFL Network's Kyle Brandt, And he says, there's a segment of the NFL media that seems to almost be rooting for COVID to affect the season. They want it, says the tweet. They see the Marlins news and say, yep, lots of luck, football. These are the people making their living off football. I don't get it. And there's been some great responses to this on Twitter. I think Bomani Jones crushed it. But uh, the question here is, is Brant right that there's actually a segment of the NFL media that's rooting for COVID? Robert? Of course not. And
1: I heard the same thing about baseball writers, too, before baseball season started. Nobody endures lousy pay and long hours of covering a sport because they don't want it to happen. Of course we all want it to happen. You became a football writer if you're a football writer because you love football. You got the. I got into the baseball because I love baseball. You know, Bob is a sports talk show host because he loves sports. I mean, none of us want sports to be shut down. All of us want this to happen. But we also understand what's at stake and all the issues and problems that are there. And we'd be foolish not to be aware of those.
0: Bob, What do you think there was Brant uh, teeing up something? Like, I, I think the one angle might be. Well, I won't even say it. Go ahead. No, I,
2: I agree with Brandon. I felt that way for for a long period of time. And and maybe it's a, a little strong to say people don't want the sport to happen, that work in the sport. But people in this industry want to be right all the time. And when somebody makes a comment back in March that this isn't going to happen or that's going to happen, they want to do everything they can to get their prediction to be true. And so when things start to look like it's taking a turn, people are going to celebrate. I mean, that's just the media that we live in. I mean, you wonder why we have such a bad rap at times, but I totally get that feeling from Kyle Brand. I've talked to friends of mine who do talk shows around the country. We've had the same type of conversations talking about individuals on Twitter that are always negative about this. So I definitely understand where Kyle Brand's coming from. I hope it's the way we're reading it and interpreting it. And it's not their real feelings.
0: Oh, so I I do like that you teed that up, which was exactly what I was going to. The people that are predicting that it won't work in sports media do want to fly up the flag. See, yeah, I was right. Of course they're, they they're, do. but but that does, but that also doesn't mean they're rooting for COVID. Like yeah, nobody's way- rooting.
1: Nobody's nobody's a fan of the coronavirus. Correct. Not right. Nobody's works.
0: rooting for that, but they're rooting for their own opinions they're, and predictions they're, they're, to come true. They're they're rooting for their own ego. Which uh, yeah. listen. But they also, but I think, those people, for the record, would be very, 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 very happy to be wrong. Uh, but oh, absolutely. I yeah. hope so. Yeah, yeah. I, I
2: I would hope so. But I understand where Kyle Brandt's coming from because I see tweets all the time, and it makes me think you work in sports, and this is the kind of attitude you're kind of taking towards this. And I'm like, geez, how about some positivity for once in 2020?
0: Yeah, but they're what, but they're what they're saying. What's so? And it's you don't need to be positive when we're in this disaster. There's always right a now.
2: positive and a good thing to take from everything, and if it means that you know we're washing our hands better and protecting ourselves and finding better
0: ways to stay healthy,
2: then then maybe there is something positive.
0: That is true. You can find somewhere in there that there's, there's, there's a sliver. I'd rather another way to,
1: for people to learn how to wash their hands properly. But that's <laughs> I, I
0: would, too. I don't disagree with that at all, but here we sit, Robert. <laughs> all right, question 11, our final one here. This has been a battle royale. 35 for Robert Ford, 34 for Bob Fesco, who gets to go first here. We're going on the field for the NFL, or at least uh, somewhat on the field. The Seahawks and the Jets got together in a blockbuster deal. Primetime safety, uh, Jamal Adams, going to the Seahawks, and the Seahawks giving up two first rounders, a third rounder, safety uh, Bradley McDougall for Adams, and a fourth rounder. All right, Bob Fesco, did the Seahawks pay too much for this primetime safety, or you know, was it a fair price? And Seattle's trying to win the whole damn thing. What do you think? Well, number one, they're not going to win the whole dang thing.
2: Patrick Mahomes just signed a 12-year extension, so the Chiefs are going to go 192-0 and during that time, so there's no <laughs> way that the Seahawks are winning anything. And they gave up all of that for a safety. There's only one safety on the planet right now that's worth anything close to that, and his name is Tyron Matthew, and he's here in Kansas City. That's my guy, Tyron, going out there and taking care of business. So they overpaid for a guy who was malcontent with the Jets trying to relive the Legion of Boom, and I don't think it's going to work. I think
0: they well overpaid for Jamal Adams. Robert Ford, down two. What do you got?
1: Big shocker that Bob Fesco pumps up his own guys. Big shocker. 192-0. Was... <laughs> Tell
0: <laughs> I me who they're losing is. to.
1: The Seahawks, maybe. But, I, I mean, it is a big price to pay, pay, but you know what? And Bob knows this well. I know this well, too. Flags fly forever. So, if this winds up being the move that puts the Seahawks over the top, that, that's, that's the move you need to make. Meanwhile, if I'm a Jets fan and I'm getting called – about getting season tickets. I mean, no, no thanks because I know what you're doing right now. You're not trying to win. You're trying to you're trying to look toward the future. It kind of tells you where both of those teams are at.
0: Ford by one in a thriller here. 38-37 and he cheated.
2: I- he lives in Houston.
0: <laughs> there was no cheating.
2: Bob, down in your bed back there, Bob. Enjoy. You can come anytime and stay, Robert
0: there there was no cheating there was just honestly that was a tremendous performance on both sides I didn't really know where to go at all there but I I I just felt the Jets fan pain and since this is fan-sided I I I, just for naming the fans I I gave Robert a winner here because you (laughs) got to be feeling it if you're a Jets fan which should have been underlined more by the way uh the fact that Jamal Adams just wanted to get away from the Jets fantastic that's why Robert and I grew up as Giants fans we had a choice and we chose the right side didn't we Robert (laughs) We
1: did. I don't hate I don't dislike Jets fans. I feel sorry for them.
0: <laughs> but so you're actually that, Ford, you're, you're on a different side there. Was aren't Giants fans normally Yankees fans, but you're a Giants and Mets fan. Isn't that right?
1: That's not really true anymore because that was back when they played in the same stadiums When the Giants and Yankees shared the old Yankee stadium and when the Mets and Jets shared Shea and when the Jets also had all their uh, training and everything at Hofstra out on Long Island, which is more Mets country. So. It's a lot different now.
2: Who was your baseball team? Oh, you were a Yankees guy, right, Bob? Oh, yeah, Yankee. Don Mattingly was my idol. Then I yeah. saw that he's, like, you know, making medical decisions. I'm like, I'm out on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. It was, it was truly a pleasure for me to have both of you here. I was looking forward to it all week. And thank you uh, for watching Sport in Order every Monday afternoon. You can check out the podcast wherever you get podcasts as well. Thank you to our podcast listeners, by the way. Uh, for checking it out today. Everybody stay safe, stay healthy out there. Thanks again to Robert Ford and Bob Fesco. And uh, yes, we will see you next week.